There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, which is home base for me. If you've been tuning in for a while, you know this program is dedicated to helping people create more meaningful and purposeful lives and equipping leaders inside organizations to make work a rich and compelling part of life so employees thrive, give their best performance, and want to stay. I talk with my guests to draw on their expertise and share my own experience consulting, speaking, and developing workforces across the globe. Each week in these conversations, I hope you walk away with something you can immediately put to use. And if I can do anything to help you along your journey, go to my website at elisecortez.com and use the contact me feature to message me. Let's open a conversation and explore what's going on for you and how I might be able to help. Whether you want to learn how we can help you visioneer a future of purpose by facilitating meaningful dialogue among all your stakeholders. You want to you want information about how to develop vitally inspired leaders in a meaning-infused culture in your organization. You want to see about joining a Catch Fire online community to stoke your own passion, inspiration, or purpose discovery, or provide membership as a gift and benefit for your team, or you'd like me to speak for your company or conference. At any rate, I'm glad we're connected, and thanks for listening. Now on to this week's program. With us today is Mike Coles, who is a lawyer, an award-winning screenwriter, children's book author, and entrepreneur. He runs his own law firm, The Coles Firm, focusing on serving business and individual clients in various corporate, employment, and immigration law matters. He is the creator and founder of Choose Your Reader, a patent-pending mobile application that allows an adult to record stories for a child using a mobile phone and is a platform for teaching children to read or speak a variety of languages while strengthening families across generations. We'll be talking about how this innovative solution was created and what he aspires to accomplish on the platform. He joins us today from Dallas here in my office studio next to me. Mike, welcome to Working on Purpose. Thank you. Thank you. Isn't this fun? Really looking forward to it. All right, good. Well, I've got a lot to extract from you. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. So first, you know, in my introduction of you, I've already made it clear you were already a very busy professional. You were a very busy and successful lawyer with, with a practice of your own when the idea of Choose Your Reader was born in your heart. So tell us what was happening in your life at the time of the app's birth as an idea. What was happening in your life that something like this would actually surface? So in the beginning, I was just doing what I think a lot of parents do, which is story time with my son. And I would essentially read a book off the bookshelf that he had. And then at one point, he just wanted me to make up a story. Mm. And he didn't realize that I am a storyteller at heart as it is. So that wasn't very difficult for me. But what was difficult was that he wanted me to repeat the story, right? You know, the, the kids, they want that story again and again if they like it. And mm-hmm. so it began with me just having to write down the stories that I was making up so that when he wanted that one story again, I had a resource to go back to. Uh, but then he wanted me to have it illustrated. He wanted pictures, right? Because that's the next component that he expects. But then I thought about if I'm going to go through the process of getting an illustrator, because I can write stories, but I cannot illustrate to save (laughs) anyone's life. And so what am I going to do, right? Am I going to have these books illustrated and go through that process and then shelve them and have them just for him? But then I also wanted to find ways, because at the time I was going through a divorce and figuring out how we were going to just really uh, continue to connect at that young age. 
And so I thought, well, surely there is a platform for me to read to my son remotely. And I looked online, couldn't find one, uh, looked around and thought, well, maybe there's at least a platform where I can uh, take something that I've said and written for him and send them as messages in a way that's more meaningful than, you know, a, a voice memo. And there really wasn't anything in that space. And I thought, well, gosh, I mean, there's so many people who have to be in a similar situation, whether it's a parent who's traveling or divorced or grandparents and military families. And so there's so many people that are away from their kid uh, that that there's got to be a way to do it. And there isn't. And so rather than wait for it, I decided to make it. You are definitely a creative problem solver. (laughs) I think so. Yeah. So, so the other thing that I was thinking about as I was thinking about this conversation and how I wanted to presence it is I, I really got present to the idea that storytelling, it's a long held history that has allowed us human beings to pass down key messages and traditions through the generations. And as a lawyer, you traffic in, and in many ways, your product is language and words, albeit artfully crafted. That's what you're up to. So beyond your love for your son, who you missed while traveling, I wonder if there's something also meaningful for you about storytelling to your obvious gifts in language as well. Well, certainly, right? The ability to create what I'm going to call that that image in your mind, right? That's such an important part, and especially for a child where that creative spark can really be Uh, sort of fostered and encouraged. So, yeah, I think that just being in the space as a a lawyer, and then I got into screenwriting, and in both of those, you're really trying to help someone envision something, right? Whether it's uh, trying to help someone imagine uh, a workplace incident, like the cases that I typically litigate, or putting on a page a scene of a town and and there's a Christmas festival and then, you know, the Grinch arrives, right? And so there's all these different kinds of moments where you don't have the additional component of the visual. And so you have to do all the heavy lifting with word choice. Mm-hmm. I know you said this earlier, but I just want a presence for our listeners. Your son's name is D.A.? Well, that's what I call him, but yeah. call him D.A. Yeah. Um, I want to understand how did he, before he began asking for illustrations, what was his response to you when you would read to him? So he, he enjoyed it, and so there's certainly books that he really likes, and frankly, because I had been away from it as a, a child, right? It had been so many years since I had looked at children's books. As I was picking them up, I was really impressed with a lot of the content that's out there. And so he had books that he loved, and as it turned out, I loved them as well. And he also had his sort of style, right? He, he certainly, as he got older, one of the things I noticed is that he liked the, what I'll call that um, mystery solving component. Right. He wanted a book that had this arc where a problem got solved at the end or a mystery got solved. And so as he got older, that part of him really grew. And so, yeah, I, I just being in that space as a parent and remembering as a kid, it didn't really for me resonate that same way. Um, and so thinking that, gosh, this is a chance to give him a lifelong love of reading and books and learning and language. That was really a big part of it. 
You're reminding me, Mike, when my daughter was younger, I don't want, I want to say well in her elementary school years, what we there we had a fantastic tradition when I was making dinner, she'd always say, "Mama, tell me the story about when you and grandma used to make pies." It just like you said, it was the same story, and I would render it the same way every time. And then she'd say, "No, no, you left out the detail about right. such and such." Right. Um, and but there was something about that and so in our in our case it was always about about history of the family and where we each came from that was so appealing to her yeah it's funny um we were just over the holidays uh, i made up a book series for my son just on the fly because <laughs> of course we were, you did we were talking about um stories of you know strange things that people have eaten and strange uh, we call them tales from the gut is what we called them uh and they would just be stories of strange things that we've eaten and um, one of the stories he had heard before, uh, he actually heard it from his mother and um, she knew about it from my, you know, just knowing me, of course. And so then he's he's wanted to hear that story multiple times. And so I'm telling it again. And he says, but right. But then he starts to tell it with me. <laughs> right. And so my mother, who was there while, while we were doing this, had not heard the story. And so, yeah, that's part of the process is that he now knows the story well enough that he can actually tell it again. And he's developing his own sense of both language and and the narrative arc and that sense of drama, right? He So it's all very much a, a skill that he's picking up. And, and if it's innate or not, it doesn't matter. He's getting it. And mm-hmm. that's, that's fun to watch him grow through that process. I loved reading to, to my daughter. And later on, I do plan for each of us to do a little bit of reading just to treat yes. the listeners that are here with us. Yes. So... Now let's get into it. Been talking a bit about where this came from. Help us understand. Help us and the listeners and our viewers on Facebook Live understand this app. So sketch for how for us. How does Choose Your Reader? How was it developed from its early concept to being able to read to your son across the key milestones that have brought it to its present form today? I know it's been through a few iterations. Right. So in the beginning, it really started as okay. I want to be able to have a story on my phone. And so there were a few apps out there that had stories. You would basically uh, download the app. There's content that was there. It might change every so often. You could perhaps pay to have additional access or or to have some stories that you could store. But for the most part, those stories were flat on the screen. And essentially, you had to bring them to life present with the child. And so my first thought was, what is the step that's going to be useful to be able to separate the child from the adult or separate the adult from the moment where the story is being heard? Because the moment when the story is being read does not need to be the story, the moment when the story is being heard. You and can separate so, time. Yeah, and place. you really want to do that, right? It's, and so that was the first challenge. And so obviously with a, with a cell phone, having a microphone, I mean, we can accomplish a lot of the small technical parts of record a story and have it held on a device. But now the challenge was to be platform agnostic, be able to cross over. I can record on an Android device and send it to you on an iOS and you could send it to someone else on an Android and it would not matter. And so that was the real hurdle to get over from a technical standpoint. But the the vision for it was very much a, I want to be able to have my son, and the name of the app is called Choose Your Reader. I want him to be able to say, I have a library of content read by a number of people. And tonight I want grandma to read XYZ story. And it's going to happen. 
And, and it didn't even occur to me at the time, but when we talk about shifting time, we're also talking about generations that might be past, right? So if, if grandma has recorded a story but is no longer with us, grandma still can read a story tonight. So I, I, there was a phrase that, that came to me on as you were talking, and it, it's basically, read to me on demand. I want it when I want it. There is that element. Absolutely. I love that. That's Absolutely. fantastic. And, and it also, when you think about read on demand, the other piece is there's a certain amount of uh, what I'll call that parental challenge of occupying a very busy mind. Yeah, and being and, two places at one time. And so now how do we drive down the street and occupy a child in the back seat? And so you can turn on, you know, the wheels on the bus go round and round, or you can have your kid watching a cartoon in a, in a screen that might be either in the car or the, in their hand. But none of those things provide the level of education and connection that Choose Your Reader would provide. And so that's the other thing is that it's not just because mom is away. Mom might be away, but five feet away in the front seat driving. And so unable to really do all the things that might occupy that child's mind. Uh, and we can still put into that kid's head the, the learning about language, uh, picking up sounds and skills as a reader. All of that can be accomplished on demand without the necessity for right stopping everything else that you're doing. And then there's, of course, the beautiful relational component to it as well, right. right? I mean, I would love, I would love, 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 Mike, if you can make this happen, let me just know. My <laughs> my grandmother passed away years ago. If we can get her to record a story for me, that would be amazing. Can you uh, do that? Yeah, see, that's the thing is that, <laughs> it, and it's not the sort of thing that I, it, in, at least initially, was very comfortable promoting because it has a certain morbid component to it, right, in the beginning. but Not to me. Well, that's good. See, once you get beyond that notion of, Yes, this is talking about death, but it's really talking about preserving a relationship. Mm, I love it. You know I'm down with that. Yeah, that's the more important component there. Okay, so before we go on break, we've got a couple more minutes before break. If you could, anybody who's listening to this show or now watching it via Facebook live stream is is probably wondering, yeah, but you probably had a few stumbling blocks along the way. It probably wasn't (laughs) as easy as as it just now sounded. So a few things that you went through along the way that you had to overcome. So the first thing was to figure out whether or not I had the the bandwidth personally to take this all the way, right? And so um, it's an idea. I wrote it down, and I'm an ideas guy. I mean, anyone that knows me knows I have dozens of ideas. The first time I met with. you blew me away. Yes, yeah. keep going. So <laughs> is this going to be the one that I pursue? Mm-hmm. That was the first challenge of a, just a commitment. Mm-hmm. And so, but then once I committed... Uh, that was back in 2016, um, and I, I named the app. I remember sitting at my kitchen table, January 2017, and then I began with a developer, and that developer took a year, and I did not have an app. And so I had to ask a second time, am I really going to commit to this, or is that enough? And fortunately, it was not enough, and I decided to go forward. Wow. Well, I, I really appreciate and applaud your entrepreneurship, your vision, and your energy. Just the sheer number of places that you can you can spend any, any one time. I thought I was busy, and and I, I'm apparently I'm not next to you. Um, so I, I applaud this, and I'm really glad to share it with my listeners. And and with that, let's grab our our first break here. We've got some some questions coming in through W4CY, and we'll try to get to those when we come back from the break. So stay with us, Alexa, and others. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. 
I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Mike Coles, who owns the law firm, The Coles Firm, focusing on serving business and individual clients in various corporate, employment, and immigration law matters. He is the creator and founder of Choose Your Reader, a patent-pending mobile application that allows an adult to record stories for a child using a mobile phone. He joins us today from Dallas in my office studio next to me. We've been talking about where this idea came from. After the break, we're going to talk about the societal issues and the educational opportunities Choose Your Reader addresses. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now... Back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Mike Coles, who owns the law firm, The Coles Firm, focusing on serving business and individual clients in various corporate, employment, and immigration law matters. He is the creator and founder of Choose Your Reader, a patent-pending mobile application that allows an adult to record stories for a child using a mobile phone, and it's a platform for teaching children to read or speak a variety of languages while strengthening families across generations. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So let's grab a couple of questions that came in through the W4CY chat room. Alexa, thank you for your, your comment about it's great to see a good man being an amazing dad. And also, I love that you say I'm a soon-to-be mom and my husband is in the Army, and I love the idea of him being able to read to our child without being home. Mike, can you help her with that? Can you hook her up? Absolutely. That's one of the main applications that I thought about when we were building this thing is we have so many deployed servicemen and service women, and there's got to be a way for them to be able to make that connection back home, mm-hmm. uh, particularly when you think about when they come home, having that integration into the family because their voice has been a part of the family the entire time they've been deployed. That's That, to me, is one of the most amazing pieces of this of this technology. So Alexa, let's get you hooked up. So if you would please when you get off when we get off the show, send me an email to Elise at EliseCortez.com. I'll connect you to Mike and let's make it happen, all right? And That's then a, and then let us know how it goes for you. That's a done deal. Right. Cool. Make it happen. Okay, so I want to talk about a few things that I think are really interesting about what you've created. So as a business person myself, I have created various products. They're they're meant to impact people in different ways. And so when I think about today's workforce, which is full of traveling professionals who spend a lot of days, if not weeks, away from their home, my ex-husband used to travel 100%, it leaves a hole in the family. And so I see Choose Your Reader as helping bridge that communication and that connection gap. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's even if I were not divorced, I have a significant amount of travel with my law practice. And so I would want this kind of technology to be available to me. This platform would give me that opportunity to, again, be away, but not just leave a recording behind, but rather while I'm away, 
make a recording from a hotel room who knows where and send it. And then my son receives it. And it's not just dad left you a recording, but while dad was away, dad was thinking about you. And so that's the important part of that um, platform is the ability to transfer that story electronically uh, and remotely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is beautiful. You generated it there in the moment for him. And I, I think that's beautiful. So And of course, the other thing that I love about what you created is that it does give parents still the chance to read to their children. And I loved reading to my daughter. Um, And I loved, I actually did it in a few different languages. I can, I can speak Spanish pretty comfortably, Portuguese pretty well, bad French and Italian these days, but I can (laughs) render them. Um, But it would be great if you could treat us to maybe a little something that you created for DA some time ago. I know you had a couple poems that you pulled up, but Give us, give us a, a little taste of Mike Coles. So what I'm going to read to you is a poem that I wrote um, about a year ago. And it's the first poem that I've ever written in life. I, I was always a, a storyteller in long form, narrative form, prose. And so I decided to take a shot at this. Um, so this is called The Last Time I Knew Everything. The last time I knew everything was way, way back in time. I studied and I learned so much, I had it all in mind. I knew the sky was blue and water made it so. I knew that grass was green and water made it grow. I knew that trees grew up and carrots all grew down. I knew how to play music and walk without a sound. I knew a cardinal from a robin, an eagle from a hawk. I knew when I was listening, I really shouldn't talk. I knew that Pegasus was not a unicorn. I knew my little brother before he was even born. I knew about airplanes and giant submarines. I knew so many facts about big and little things. No matter what you asked me, I had a thing to tell, for I knew many things and knew them all quite well. The last time I knew everything was way, way back in time, till a little fact escaped me. Somehow it slipped my mind. The capital of California is actually Sacramento. How could I be so wrong and guess it's San Diego? The last time I knew everything that was my favorite day, I learned a good lesson and remember it today. It's not how much you know that decides who you'll be. Try learning something new. It's amazing what you'll see. Uh, it's beautiful and not surprising that you could create something like that, you and your language abilities. Um, and what a great lesson to teach your son, too, in that, that, hey, dad doesn't have it all figured out either. So That's right. Yeah. That's I mean, I, I love being on the pedestal, but um, part of being on the pedestal is recognizing and teaching him, hey, I don't have it all. I don't know all the answers, but we can work together and figure our way through it. I love that. I really, really love that. And, and, and also that speaks to something else that I really want to call out. And I've had a few of my other guests talk about some of these problems in today's world that they're trying to address through various other channels. So especially in today's in, in the industrialized countries, there, there are increasing rates of loneliness, depression, and they, they all contribute to higher drug use, suicide rates. And psychologists tell us that a large contribution to these problems comes from a lack of meaningful connection and relationship. And as I said, I used to love to read to my daughter, and they were those in intimate moments where she was sitting right next to me and there was something about conveying the voice that was just so, so critical and beautiful that I loved. It really is. And, 
we've been talking about the different applications for the app, right? And so um, we had Alexa talking about the the military use, and so, but there are other uh, spaces. And so, as you mentioned, I'm an immigration lawyer, and so I've dealt with a number of families that are separated by immigration, and so uh, they've got, in in some instances, language barriers now, where you have children who grow up in the U.S. and they don't have the language of their parents. Well, now those kids have had kids. And because they don't have the language skills, grandma can't talk to the grandchild because the grandchild is not getting that language at home. And so one of the things that I decided to do is to create language-based storytelling in the app where we could say, take a story in English and then translate that story into, as of right now, we're in Spanish, Russian, Mandarin will be launching uh, Hebrew and Arabic and allowing the kid to get the language in the story in two languages. And so by knowing the story in language one, your, your home language, whatever your parents speak traditionally, and then having grandma or grandpa or someone else reading that same story in a different language, your understanding and your comprehension is so much faster. It's so much greater. And so uh, there's all kinds of barriers that we're looking at trying to overcome with technology. And the greatest barrier to me is that connection, that interpersonal connection. If we could do that, that's the best use of technology. That is so beautiful, Mike. That just is stunning to me. I love that. And of Thank course, you. somebody who loves language and the, well, the, the use of language be, between people and different languages, foreign languages, of course, I'm even more thrilled by that. So I really appreciate your creativity. Um, when you and I were talking about what we wanted to say on the show, we were both saying how wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be useful, wouldn't it be interesting if, if, if you read something? And then I thought, hey, I want to read something too. Yeah, absolutely. So, so this, listeners, this is one of the many books I used to read to my daughter when she was in elementary school. I'm just going to read you part of it because if I read the whole thing, it would take too much time. But it's called Our Twitchy, and it's by Kess Gray and Mary McQuinlan. Um, when I get done with the little snippet, I want to share with you why I love reading it, but let me just give you a little taste of it. Twitchy was watching a butterfly being a butterfly. Mom, he asked, why don't butterflies hop like I do? Milfoy, Milfoy smiled and answered, because they're butterflies. Pop, Twitchy asked Sedge, why don't you and Mom hop like I do? Sedge looked at Milfoil. Milfoil looked at Sedge. Sit down, Twitchy, said Sedge. There's something you need to understand. Twitchy sat down and took a bite of his carrot. The reason we don't hop like you is... I'm not your bunny mom, said Milfoil, and I'm not your bunny pop, said Sedge. Twitchy twitched his nose and blinked. Milfoil tried to explain. Twitchy, your bunny mom and bunny pop brought you to us after you, after you because you were to look after you because they already had 16 children to feed. They wanted someone to love and care for you properly, so we said we would, and we did, and we have ever since. I don't understand, whispered Twitchy. If you're not my bunny mom and bunny pop, who are you? I'm a cow, said Milfoil, and I'm a horse, said Sedge. Twitchy blinked again. But you can't be, he said. Bunnies live in burrows. We live in a burrow. It isn't really a burrow, Twitchy. It's an old train tunnel. We wanted it to be like a burrow, said Milfoil. But bunnies eat carrots all the time. We eat carrots all the time, said Twitchy. It's very dark in the train tunnel, Twitchy, explained Sedge. We eat carrots to help us see in the dark. I still don't understand, said Twitchy. Come with us, said Milfoil and Sedge. Twitchy followed Milfoil and Sedge down to the bank of the river. 
Look into the water, Twitchy. What do you see? asked Milfoil. Twitchy stared long and hard at the reflection in front of him. I see two pairs of big brown eyes that always twinkle when they look at me. I see two great big kind smiles that always make me feel happy, said Twitchy. I see the two best bunnies in the world. So I'll stop there. But you can see, it's just a great great illustrated book as well, and I loved reading it to my daughter. But obviously, it's a book about adoption. It's a book about unlikely adoption and unlikely love that can be found anywhere. So I think the stories are so beautiful. But that's one of the many stories I used to read to Gabby when she was young, and she would um, not want me to necessarily probably say that. So all of your listeners, don't tell her I read it to you, okay? <laughs> Let me situate our camera here for, for Facebook. Okay response to that book what did that do for you mike when i was reading that was what what did it evoke in you yeah there's this idea that what it means to be a family mm-hmm. need not be structured on a what i'm going to call standard model right we all have this idea of what a family was or is and it's often based upon what your family was or is mm-hmm. but family is about more than that and family is about as as twitchy said right the two best bunnies ever are the ones that love you the most, right? right? right and right. so, right, it doesn't matter how your family is structured. And for me, as, as I've already said, right, this whole process began from divorce. Mm-hmm. But what is a family is a question that is defined by the family. Beautiful, right? And this is, it just illustrates the power of story and why it's so important. And that brings me to my next question that I want to ask you, Mike. So given what you've been up to in the world, and I really think how you've navigated your life and your, your own education, what can you share with us about as, as how parents reading to our children affects their literacy and comprehension? So when I was looking at building the app, I wanted to figure out what's the best way to actually use this idea, right? Uh, you can build it a number of different ways. And so one of the features that I decided to include in the app is a karaoke style interface. So that as the parent is reading, the words are being highlighted to, to establish pacing. But hmm. once the child has the same story, the words on the screen are also highlighted in that same speed so that we're actually, just as you would if you were physically with the child, pointing at the words as you read them, we're doing that for you because you can't be there. So uh, what I, when I was researching that, what I discovered is that, yes, a couple of things. One, kids will pick up that ability to read. My son, and then you probably had this experience, certain books we read so many times, he could, quote unquote, read the book. Right, because he memorized it. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, But that's a skill set that we have to leverage. And so the other thing is that when you're talking about learning a language, uh, there's at least this recognition that every adult that has the ability to speak a standard language has the ability to speak all the languages when they're born. And then they actually perfect the ability in certain languages and not in others. If you can get stories read to a child in a variety of languages, that child will have the ability to make the sounds of that language. Now, words change, right? We didn't have Twitter as a word, right, when we were growing up, but we had those sounds. If you can give a child the sounds of a language when they're growing up, they'll be able to master the language as an adult because the words may change, but the sounds do not. Okay, that was mind-blowing, that we as 
babies as children have the ability at birth to learn any language. That is mind-blowing. I love that. But it has to be that way, right? Because you could take a child from anywhere and teach them any language just by dropping them in and saying, I know you were born in America, but you're now going to learn Swahili. (laughs) Get to it. Right? So That's awesome. That's very, very exciting, Mike. I'm so glad I asked you that question. All right, let's grab our last break. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We're on the air with Mike Coles, who owns the law firm, The Coles Firm, focusing on serving businesses and individual clients in various corporate employment and immigration law matters. He is the creator and founder of Choose Your Reader, a patent-pending mobile application that allows an adult to record stories for a child using a mobile phone. He joins us today from Dallas in my office studio. After the break, we're going to hear more about the future of Choose Your Reader. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now... Back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Mike Coles, who owns the law firm, The Coles Firm, focusing on serving business and individual clients in various corporate, employment, and immigration law matters. He is the creator and founder of Choose Your Reader, a patent-pending mobile application that allows an adult to record stories for a child using a mobile phone and is a platform for teaching children to read or speak a variety of languages while strengthening families across generations. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So for this last segment here, Mike, I wanted to talk about the future of Choose Your Reader. I know you have some really fantastic plans for what you want to do with it and in the impact that you're trying to create with it. So that's what I want to focus this last bit on. And let me start by saying that as a soon-to-be-published author myself, first-time full-length book, I really appreciate that your app and platform provides aspiring writers and illustrators an opportunity to showcase and publish their work. So tell us a little bit about how you work with aspiring authors and illustrators. Yeah, so we actually today, uh, before I got here, uh, we just uh, closed out a book for an author who wrote a book but hadn't had the book illustrated. And so uh, we did that for her. And essentially, the process is using the resources that we pulled together for our own content to begin with we have the ability to take the process of getting a book published and change it. So just to give you a sense of what a traditional uh, situation might look like for an author, right? Assume you've got your book and you've presented it to a number of different publishers. They've got to figure out how to make enough money on that book to warrant spending the twenty-five dollars to $30,000 and the 18 to 36 months that it takes to get that book on a single bookshelf in a single store. And so our model allows us to do it for $2,000, $1,000, and we can do it in 60 days. 
And so it gives us the chance to really be far more uh, open and inviting to a potential author. And so that's what we were able to do. We took a book. Uh, the book is called Alma for Now. And mm. it's a great story. And it will be on the app soon. And so it's the, the process of being able to say to an author who comes and says, I've written it. And they're basically the same person that I was in 2016. I had written a handful of books and decided to go out and find illustrators. Mm -hmm. Well, now that we have a bank of 15, 20 illustrators, we can actually say, take a look at our content on the app, find the illustration style you like. We know exactly who that is. We already have an existing relationship and we can get that content created for you in a very efficient way. And so um, it, it's something that I'm really looking forward to because I hear from people, so many people, as I talk about the app, I have a book that I wrote for my kid five or 15 or 35 years ago, and I've done nothing with it. And my response is, 60 days, you can be a published author on this platform. Oh, that's so exciting. Y'all hear that? That sounds so great. Yeah. Kind of musical almost. It's, it's, I'm really looking forward to that part. Oh, that's so great. Love that, Mike. So many great things about what you're up to. And now we add the next thing that I want to talk about, which is the Choose Your Reader affiliate program. So as I understand in our conversations that the idea there is that you're partnering with community organizations like schools, churches, nonprofits, et cetera, to provide meaningful fundraising opportunities to these mission-aligned partners, that the idea is to promote literacy, language skills, and and family bonds. And so say a little bit about... What is your goal? I know you've got a figure that you're going after here. Tell us a little bit about what's behind that and what you're up to. Yeah, so in the beginning, I was looking at building a marketing budget. And when I thought about it, I thought, do I want to put five or $10,000 a month behind the app and try to do marketing? And that could be done through social media, radio advertisements, things like that. Get a billboard on a highway for that matter. Uh, but then I, I got to thinking about that's taking money and throwing it into the market and hoping that it hits a target. And that's still at the, at the end of the day, I'm not leveraging the money that I have that I'm putting behind it. And so what I decided is, no, what I want to do is take some organization and I can do this with one or with 100, but an organization that has a mission that I believe in and allow them to then spread the word about the app, we create a dedicated portal for that organization to send people to so that we can give them credit for the purchases and then we give them 20% of the sales. And so whereas I've seen, and I'm sure you have, right, the the popcorn and candy bars and buy your 2020 calendar and and all of those things, those are not mission aligned uh, fundraisers. Those are just the best fundraisers available. And so wouldn't it be better for a school to not sell chocolate, but rather to sell literacy and language and relationships? Wouldn't it be great for a church to be able to spread this idea of an app and get paid for it? And then in the app, there's a ton of content, as I mentioned, that that supports these the morals and all of the sort of things that we have within our religious institutions. And so that's something that's important to me is to say, I would much rather take the money that I have and give it to a worthy organization and let them do something great with it than put it in the hands of you know, some big marketing firm and say, great, 
go and good luck and maybe you'll you'll hit something with it. Um, so that's that's something that I'm really excited about is the opportunity to give money back to organizations that do good things around the country, around the globe. Uh, we really want to be able to say that that's something that can matter uh, beyond, like I said, uh, cookies and cupcakes. Uh, there's a place for that. But, um, you know, when you look at the math, we're able to really give significant money through this platform. It is so smart, Mike. It's just hopeless. I love that. Now, we've got a, we've got a question here in the W4CY um, online chat room from Ken. He says, is it free to record a book? Um, and he says, what does the app icon look like so he can actually download the, download the right app? Yep. So choose your reader. It's on both the Android and iOS stores. And you'll see the app icon. It's a four square with four figures in it. Uh, and so, and then there's got uh, choose your at the top in black and then reader at the bottom in orange on an orange banner. Uh, so you'll see that. And right now, the app is free to use, free to do everything. And so there's no limitations on it. We'd love to have people trying it, downloading it, checking it out. Uh, so you can record stories, you can share stories. All the access is 100% free right now. We're just giving it away and saying, you know, have at it, have fun with it. So, Ken, I hope that just makes your day right there and the rest of your listeners as well. That was a great question, Ken. Thanks much. Okay, so let's just we've got a little bit less, a little bit more time here on the show here. I want to I want to be able to talk about the vision that you have of Choose Your Reader when it's working its very best. In other words, what problem does this app solve and how does the world improve when it's being well utilized? Yeah, so at its best, what you're going to see is children developing bonds with a variety of family members, near and far. And you'll find that those kids are also developing a love for reading, that they're developing a love for language, but they're also developing a love for storytelling. And then one of the things that we'll, you'll see is, interestingly enough, parents will become more engaged in reading and learning at the same time. And so in that way that they're sharing stories with their child, they're also just enjoying the whole notion of a story that they can read, they can laugh a little bit, they can see cute pictures, right? Because at the end of the day, right, if you go to see these, the new movies out, whether it be the Pixar films and the Disney films, they're still appealing to, appealing to parents because they know that they are in the audience just the same. So the books that, that I'm writing and the books that we're selecting, we're trying to be very smart about the content so that parents and children enjoy it and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just fabulous on all, on all fronts. And let me also include the voice of Dr. James Pogue, who just weighed in on Facebook Live. He just he just simply in, uh, encourages and reiterates what we just talked about, but in a beautiful way. He says, cookies and cupcakes are great, but giving back through literacy to orgs that support and encourage and push literacy. And it's focused on purpose. I can't see the rest of it just from here, James, but I, I appreciate very much you weighing in with your perspective as a learned gentleman yourself. So thank you for that. Isn't this fun? Engaging with all kinds of listeners across the world I love it. who care about literacy. This Isn't this is great. fun? Yeah. Appreciate that. So, okay, so now here we are. And and because this show is really focused and anchored in the world of work, I have to get this question in. So what encouragement or advice do you have for our listeners who are wanting to create a new product or service of their own? Absolutely. So at least in the beginning, as I mentioned, that that idea of how much bandwidth I had and whether or not I could commit to it. That is a big barrier intellectually, 
you got to start. You've got to start, right? That's the thing that you can spin your wheels on planning it and scoping it out. But at some point, you have to just jump into the fray and learn a little bit on the job. And you're going to make mistakes. I could I could have taken the hour on mistakes I've made <laughs> instead of anything else. But some of those mistakes, I will tell you, have turned into, oh, my goodness, I didn't know that we could do that in the first place. And so we have the, the app has evolved and grown from some successes and from some of those failures. But the, the first thing is start. Right. You have to begin before you can ever find that that stride that you're going to hit. And then the other thing that I would add to that is the people around you that are candid supporters are important. Some of us have cheerleaders in our lives and, you know, it's all right. It's okay. You're going to get them another day. Right. (laughs) But that's that's nice and it helps. But the candid supporters are the ones that are going to say to you, this is good. I'm not sure about this. And I'm going to give you some feedback that's honest. And you, in turn, are a genuine recipient of that information. And you can listen to it and you can incorporate it into your worldview. You don't pivot on a dime every time you get criticism, but you incorporate criticism as a whole and you allow that to shape as one piece of these sets of information that you're able to use to make decisions. So get that team of candid uh, supporters, right? I I don't call them cheerleaders. Supporters means that sometimes they give you criticism. Well, and so I would add two things to that if I can. One is I like that you said candid supporters, because one thing I do know in the work that I do, because my job in so many ways is, is to help people discover and live their purpose. When they start talking to their family and friends about this whole purpose thing, a lot of times people get really poo-poo about that. Mm-hmm. And I understand that because for a lot of people, that's incredibly intimidating. And I, I get that. So they, they want to tell them all the ways it's not going to work. So I want to make sure that we differentiate that you said candid supporters. And yes, they could be critical and they could say, well, have you thought about this? And this doesn't seem viable, et cetera. But they're still supporters. And then the second thing that you said that I think is really important to echo is, if, I forget exactly how you said it, but get it out there. Do something. Absolutely. It doesn't need to be perfect per se. And I think a lot of us get stuck in analysis paralysis. And I know oh, when yes. I when I launched the I'd been talking about creating this online catch fire community for months because I wanted to help people across the world who I can't have access to face to face or even via much email come into the community and be inspired by it. And I I wanted to birth it. And finally, December 13th, we said, the thing is going live. It was not perfect, but it was working and it was alive. I see James had a question about formalizing the candid supporters. And, And the short answer is yes, in a couple of ways. The first is, even though I am the idea guy behind the app and I'm running the show, I still take my content and run it through our editorial review process and say, give me that candid feedback, because I don't want to just say, I wrote this book, so it goes up on the app. Uh, and I've had, uh, I have a book right now that isn't on the app, and and I wrote it, but <laughs> candid support is candid support. <laughs> so that's one thing. It was voted thing. off the island. That's I got right. It. That's right. But then we also do a number of things where we engage with a number of people where we say, we send out information, right? A survey or take a poll, and we say, you are people that are in the space of users. What do you think? What do you what do you like? What do you dislike? And so we try to leverage them 
by interacting in a very formalized way by saying, answer this one or two questions. Mm, Very helpful. I don't know what you mean, Dr. James Pogue, by monthly or quarterly meetings, but maybe you do, Mike? Yeah, so that's another way that we, so in terms of we do have an advisory board, and so talking about decisions that we're going to make and making sure, and then we also have, oddly enough, I have a daily call with my developers where we talk about what we're doing and trying to make sure that we bring in the input that we're getting externally and use that to inform the decisions that we're making about what, where are we headed from a developmental standpoint. Fantastic. I think that's very, I don't, there's nothing strange about a daily call to me. It sounds well, it's like 11 accountability, PM. your time. 11 PM okay, that sounds time. a little strange. Yes. Now we're getting in the strange territory. <laughs> okay, well, here we are almost at the very end of this thing, but I, have, I always like to be able to give my guests the last word. So, Mike, you know this program is literally listened to across the globe. We have listeners today on from Australia and Malaysia. And it's really designed to help them cultivate more meaningful and purposeful lives. So what would you like to leave our listeners with today? Well, I would say that it's not just, you know, as we've talked about the app quite a bit today, um, the app isn't the thing, right? The relationship is the thing. The app is the tool. And so as long as you are tending to those relationships and using the resources that are available to do that, that's how, at least for me, my life and my relationship, particularly with my son, has had purpose. And so uh, just one last sort of nugget about that is that my son and I wrote a book together. Oh, right? I love and he, it. He's six years old. And so he's got a book published on the app that we wrote together. And so it's not just that's my point. You can use the app to connect with a child by reading, but there is nothing that stops me from using the app to connect with my child by saying, hey, son, let's write a book for everyone else to read. And when I told him that thousands of kids could read his book, the light in his eyes was just amazing. Oh, yeah. I talk about motivation at age six. He's published. I love it. So, Mike, thank you very much for coming on the show with us and sharing us your heart, your soul, your energy and your creation. Thank you for having me. Listeners, if you want to learn more about Mike Coles and Choose Your Reader, just go to chooseyourreader.com, or you can download the app. He told you how to do it before. Last week, if, the miss, if you missed the live show, you can always catch it via recorded podcast. We were on the air with Dr. Jeanette McConnell, who led us into her year-long journey in a transformational leadership program that culminated in a three-week trip to Antarctica focused on empowering women leaders addressing climate problems. Next week, we'll be on the air with Steve Kahn, marketing strategist, TEDx speaker, startup guru, and passionate businessman. We'll be talking about his book, Be a Startup Superstar, Ignite Your Career Working in a Tech Startup. See you there. Remember that work is at least one third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.